If you enjoy this episode of Obscure Obsessions, please remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe. Thank you for your support. On this episode of Obscure Obsessions. Andy, what were the two big holidays? Well, for me, it is Flag Day. You know what? And present. Hang up on him. Are you trying to say capiche? Well, don't do it, because it hurts my ears when you do it. Louis, Louis Vincenzi. He's so fast, a man never wears pants. <laughs> a second point where this whole movie would fall apart, because there is no way witness protection would be that stupid. And now, here are your hosts. I am a turkey. Kill me. Welcome to Obscure Obsessions. Happy Gobble Gobble Day. It's great to have you here, and welcome to the second part of our holiday trilogy. Now, you've already heard our Halloween special, where we discussed uh, a sort of bracket, if you will, of different movies to watch on the holiday. You have one coming up next month for Christmas, and on this episode, uh, I would like to throw it over to my cousin and co-host. Well, happy Thanksgiving. What a day. What a great day. (laughs) (laughs) And we are going to be talking about a Thanksgiving movie in perhaps the loosest sense. (laughs) It's it's barely a Thanksgiving movie. In fact, when I first suggested this movie, I wasn't even sure if Thanksgiving was in it. I knew they talked about Thanksgiving. And in order to properly celebrate this holiday... Which, by the way, for full disclosure, I hate this holiday. This is my least favorite holiday. <laughs> Apart from that dislike of it, I do like, I love this movie. And we sought high and far, low and wide, for someone who really knows this movie. The ins and outs of this movie. We couldn't find anyone. And so s- instead, we <laughs> decide to go back to our relatives and return and bring back our Muppet Treasure Island expert, an Epcot, Epcot historian, historian, and my blue heaven aficionado, our... Other cousin, Anthony Graziani. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been a uh, pleasure being here we with you. We haven't seen you in so long. On this gobble day. Isn't it cold? <laughs> Woo. I hope everybody's enjoying this sweet potato parmesan tonight. <laughs> so before we actually get into the movie we're talking about, which if you have a pair of eyes, you know we're talking about a movie called My Blue Heaven, because I assume this is somewhere in the description box. And it will comes, and isn't it nice? You'll have her mind. Which, uh, by the way, was sung by Blue what heaven. singer, Anthony? Fats Domino. Anthony was also going to at one point be our uh, music expert, but he doesn't. He he used to know more about music. I got let go from that job. Now, when you think about movie holidays, the two big movie holidays really are Halloween. And Christmas. Occasionally 4th of July. Occasionally. Sure. And we covered that. But the two biggies. Mm-hmm. Andy, what were the two big holidays? Well, for me, it is Flag Day. You know what? And present. Hang day. up on him. <laughs> you, have ho- you have Halloween and you have Christmas. 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 Yeah. Because I could list for you dozens of Christmas movies. I could list you hundreds of Halloween movies just from the Halloween franchise with Jamie Lee Curtis. But sandwiched in between like a piece of turkey in a turkey sandwich. Mm. Chicken cacciatore. Sweet potato parmesan. It's very big in Sicily. (laughs) You have Thanksgiving. And now I dare either of you to tell me I can think of maybe two movies that kind of deal well one definitely deals with with, uh, Thanksgiving. Mm. Can anyone well Anyone? And my, as per my intro, yeah. that's a line from Adam's Family Values in which right. it's not a Thanksgiving movie. It's True. very clearly a summer movie because <laughs> they're at summer camp. However, it's the theme of and brotherhood. Right, because they're but they're they doing do, a it's the um like a fest like a, a play. A play right. Yeah. And they're doing the Pilgrim's first Thanksgiving with the great um Mr. Peter McNichol. Mm-hmm. What's another Thanksgiving movie that you can think of? Anthony? I would say for me, it was always Last of the Mohicans because... Is that is that Thanksgiving? My, no, it's not. Absolutely not. Oh. But my teacher in Mrs. fifth Toe? grade... No, no, Mrs. Toe. Was it Mrs. Toe? She was in seventh grade. Was my my teacher, teacher in fifth grade put it on and said, these are the Native Americans who lived in the portion of the world that we're in. The... Uh, uh, Lenny Lenape. Lenny Lenape. You have uh, the Mohawks as well. They're a little bit further north into New York. 
now. But this, so so okay, so you So she claimed it was a Thanksgiving movie. Well, I guess in the way we talked about that with uh, the um, Fourth of July, Fourth of July, like what constitutes a Fourth? Yeah, so okay, a historical movie involving Native Americans. But there's one very famous Thanksgiving movie that I know. Chicken Run. No, is that Thanksgiving? No, that that (laughs) involves John Candy and an actor we're talking about today. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Trains, automobiles, which is probably the pinnacle (laughs) of all. Thanksgiving movie. And I hadn't seen that up until I think two years ago was the first time I saw and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, real it's, really it's that that's a Thanksgiving movie on Disney Plus. There's a movie called The Liberty Story involving a mouse, I think that Oh, oh that, what is that one? I don't know, I didn't watch it, but it involves oh. Liberty. But also I think that's uh, an older Yeah, film. oh yeah, that's that's way back. So there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies there's in Slim Pickens. In the rigidness of okay today is thanksgiving we're gonna watch a movie about this holiday now there is a movie that has at least 10 minutes maybe 20 involving (laughs) thanksgiving that takes place at thanksgiving partially yeah you you know it's you know it's thanksgiving because they have those like plastic turkeys and there's also the banner inside the precinct that says happy thanksgiving and we're talking about a movie called my, My blue, blue heaven. heaven. Anthony, do a little Vincent Antonelli for us to get us started. Well, first of all, it's Todd Wilkinson. <laughs> okay. It's a nice house, Terry. Uh, no, you're Terry. He's, he's Todd. He's Todd. Listen, I'm going to tell you your social security number. You, all you got to do to get the right one is just take off the five. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I, I love it. Linda loves it. So does Terry. Who's Terry? You you're are. Terry. <laughs> Now, my blue. Now, what you gotta do with this with this movie is you gotta have a bumper. You never go to the bathroom with your wallet in your back pocket. Here's twenty dollars right here. What do I got? Keep the change and remember the section. <laughs> now we're quoting from My Blue Heaven, which stars Steve Martin, the great. Well, Steve Martin's great also, but uh, Mr. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, who returns to the podcast again. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Joan Cusack. Cusack. Carol Kane. Carol, the great Carol Kane as Shaldine. <laughs> Mr. William slash Bill Irwin. Bill Irwin, Mr. Yeah. Noodle himself, That's right. who I believe we talked a little bit about. And we talked movie. about his brother. Okay. And then we also have, uh, <laughs> who else is the other big one in the movie that I'm forgetting? Oh, oh Mr. William Hickey. William Hickey. Yes, you're right. And um, don't say. Hey, Grizz. And don't say, Polly, want a cracker. Really? Not my treat. You are really not. It don't say probably want a cracker. What do it say? You're under arrest. I once knew a guy had a parrot said that. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh. William Hickey, by the way, we'll talk a lot about because he's, he's terrific from this Nicky movie. Nicky the Fish. Now, what is this movie about? Because I actually have to say that this is a movie that I came to a lot later in life than used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you two Well, actually, if I remember correctly, we were at dinner. Somewhere, probably Florida. We were at Trails End. And Anthony and I were into a jag about this. We were. And we were quoting it, and I don't know if you had seen it at some point. I hadn't you... seen the full thing, and so I couldn't participate in the uh, the silliness. It was quite So odd. I was sort of the odd man out watching the circus happen, yeah. and I went home after dinner at that point thinking... I have to watch My Blue Heaven right now. And we rectified that situation, and you and you ended up watching it. Now, Anthony, why don't you give me, what is My Blue Heaven about? So My Blue Heaven, it's My classic. Blue Heaven. That's that's a Halloween version of it. My Blue Heaven. <laughs> My Blue Heaven. Yeah. It's a classic fish-out-of-water story, if ever there was one, uh, of an Italian in the... Italian-American, technically. Italian-American. Well, yeah, he was Italian. Well, he was celebrating Peace. Capiche? You trying to say capiche? Well, don't do it, because it hurts my ears when you do it. <laughs> so he is in the witness protection program. He uh, being uh, being Mr. Todd Wilkinson, right. his assumed name, Steve Vincent Martin. Antonelli, Steve Martin, the best banjo player that we know of who acts. Anthony, for the viewers who don't know, and that'd be everyone, attempted is a uh, is a banjo attempted player. banjo player. Correct. Yeah. So. He goes to uh, undisclosed location and attempts to blend in. Right. And he, he's, he's in the uh, witness protection program. He can no longer resist 
not being in his criminal ways, so he forms a gang with other compatriots <laughs> that he used to hang with. Who are also in the witness protection program. Correct. And who's his? This is a, and this is also it's a fish out of water story, absolutely. Yes. But it's also movie. essentially a comedic spiritual sequel to Goodfellas. Exactly correct. Because Goodfellas ends with Henry Hill, gangster, being stripped of his glamorous mobster life and being put into witness protection, and he says, "You know, I'm now a regular schlub." Spoilers for Goodfellas. Yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> have you been watching Jaws for the Revenge? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. And then that's how the movie ends. My Blue Heaven, on the other hand, begins with Vincent Antonelli having already been stripped of his glamorous mob life, beginning life in witness protection, and what happens next. Now, there are other connections that are interesting between My Blue Heaven and Goodfellas. I was going to say, isn't it from behind-the-scenes crew folk? That's right. Nora Ephron, who directed many films, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, a lot of famous films. She co-wrote the script. Nora Ephron is married to Nicholas Pileggi. Who is the mm. screenwriter for Goodfellas. Goodfellas on top of Casino. Yeah, Casino, and, and he wrote the book that Goodfellas was based on. And so there is this weird comedic it's, it's essentially a comedic sequel to goodfellas again in the loosest in the the same way this is a loose thanksgiving movie it's a loose goodfellas, goodfellas, goodfellas too what could have been vincent antonelli being our henry hill yeah hilarious and it's also a buddy comedy right because you also have the great mm -hmm. rick moranis anthony what's your favorite rick moranis movie you can't say my blue heaven i would say either honey i shrunk the kids or hmm I would say Honey, I Shrunk Kids. Okay, I'm going to accept that. I'm going to say Spaceballs or Little Shop. Yeah, what about Spaceballs? Spaceballs is good. Come on. Yeah, Spaceballs. Yeah, and true. then what... Dark Helmet. And then what happens is that you have this other storyline going on of Rick Moranis as the FBI agent. Although I read on IMDb that the FBI is not in charge of witness protection. It's the federal marshals are in charge yeah, of witness the protection. So no. already right. there, the movie falls apart. But hey, let's not, <laughs> let's not get into that. But he has a system for everything. Yeah. He, he has a system for making pancakes. So that the bottom yeah. pancake is the top mountain as much as the syrup. And he's sort of a nerd. He's a nerdy type. And he, he's a FBI agent. who He was the funny one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that with brothers. One's the funny one. One's, one's the, the serious, serious one. one. You were the serious one. I was the funny one. <laughs> <laughs> huh? And it's about their friendship and, of course... They're uh, sort of creating Rick, a dependence and uh, sort of a, a need for each other. Right, and Rick Moranis then learns to live life a little bit, mostly through the art of dance. Right, right. <laughs> the I, I, they were very surprising, actually. Of the merengue. So how should we go through this? Let's go through it maybe character by character a little bit. That's probably the mm, best. Okay, so let's start actually with Barney Coopersmith. <laughs> I thought Wankel invented the rotary engine. <laughs> oh, <Which, Philomena. laughs> Barney Coopersmith, he's Rick Moranis. One of my favorite things with him is that what you were saying before about he, he's married to Colleen Camp. Oh. Who we know from Die Hard 3. Right. I'm going to kill you, Charlie! <laughs> who he, who dumps him for a baseball. He, she's a, she's what? She's like a... A, a physical therapist or yeah, something like that. Yeah, a physical therapist for the team. And yeah, she runs off with a pitcher? Yeah. Uh, How old are you? 26? Oh, no, he, play, he plays the outfield, yeah, I think. Wally. That's what makes it better. Hey, Wally. Hey, it could happen to anybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, he, Wally's running off with his wife. And he gets dumped on uh, in uh, October. What's it about October? <laughs> Pressure of Halloween? You never know what to go as. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, Vinny's wife, Linda, Linda, has also dumped him. What the frick is, frick is the address here? One, two, three, happy street. <laughs> Put back the Visa card, Vinny. He was basically using her to get into there because you can't play single men in yeah. that community. But in her defense, in Linda's defense, or Terry's, she does admit that she stuck around so that he could get more allowance. more allowance. That's true. Well, the thing Try the I... white bread. You might even start to like it. Tastes all right with egg salad. <laughs> But I was going to say that in the number of times I've watched My Blue Heaven yeah. over the last few years, one of the things I actually am really impressed by is that there's a lot of heart to the movie. That it, it doesn't just 
be a silly buddy cop movie that yeah. takes a kind of ludicrous idea of being what if Goodfellas continued. And Barney is kind of the straight-laced audience, you know, sort of character that we follow. He's the Brad Majors a right. little bit. It's kind of fun to see him and Steve Martin play off of each other and that they create this really nice connection between the two of them and yeah. how specifically even though it follows a really silly scene like the uh, merengue scene <laughs> yeah after they're laying in bed and Vinny is you know looking all distressed <laughs> and he was just shot at oh, right. <laughs> there's this really nice moment between the two of them how he needed Barney in that moment right. and we see towards the end how Barney needs hey Barney Todd. Where'd you learn to shoot like that? In the bureau? You saved my life. Isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> the kind we're of indebted. Taylor and I yeah, we're have. indebted to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's a good scene also because that's where Barney where where I think the first step in the loosening of Barney Coopersmith is when they go to the hotel and I like that has one of my favorite parts where they're ordering the uh, the So what kind of passes do you have? Macaroni and cheese, huh? I want a little linguine, a little scungi. Bruno's. <laughs> oh, and what does that Italian vinaigrette come with? Oh, it's on salad? <laughs> All right, well, we'll take one of those. And then they go downstairs and, and uh, oh, God, what are the names of the two girls they dance with? Um, Maria and... Hey, Marie. Um, Marie. Marie, um, this is my friend Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie, what an awesome name. Yeah. <laughs> they always say that even if your name is Morty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, then they start to dance the merengue, but... Which is like a five-minute scene. Yeah. It's a, a major scene of the... It's a montage dance sequence, actually. <laughs> yes, between Rick Moranis and Steve Martin and these two women dancing. And actually, I like the part... This is another part I know that we quote a lot. Vinny has to testify... At two major trials. Right. And what happens is they go back to New York to testify, and, and Vinny wants to go out and have fun. And so Barney's ordering dinner. He, Vinny takes Barney's pants to get to get them pressed or something, ostensibly to to escape from Barney. And he's down in the bar, schmoozing with the other guys. Hey, make me the drink. Uh, the night Mary was shot. I think it was called the Bloody Mary. <laughs> That's right. And Barney shows up. Do you remember what? What Vinny calls Barney when he shows up and is he has no pants and he has the overcoat on. Oh, okay, God. So he says, uh, Louis, Louis Vincenzi. <laughs> He's so fast that man never wears pants. <laughs> <laughs> the, really, the arc, if, if any character has an arc in this movie, it's Barney who goes from being. It, yeah, his is the most broad of a. Because Vinny's not a character who changes. Vinny's a character who makes other characters change and he makes Barney change into a more personable, fun-loving guy. Could you make the argument, though, that Vinny maybe learns to be a little bit more, not giving, but when we get to the end of the movie, I don't want to you know, yeah. go explicitly into the detail, but would Vinny from the beginning of the story have done what Vinny at the end I of the story does? because that's how he doesn't get arrested. I, my, my read always was that he was going to leave that woman in the next, <laughs> in the next yeah. scene. Yeah. I think, too... Barney starts off so green, like an like an agent starling in the beginning, yeah. and he's just perverted and twisted by this life he has no actually this nothing even, about. This even predates uh, Silence of the Lambs. That's true. Because uh, mm -hmm. that was at ninety two. Now the other character who Vinny helps to grow is the great Hannah Stubbs, Joan Cusack, who is she's not as over the top as she is as like Debbie the Black Widow in Adam's Family Values. Yeah. But she's pretty good in this too, especially when she has to question Vinny in a few different scenes. And she's fairly humorless. Yes. Do you remember the joke that Vinny says to test whether Hannah Stubbs she's the she's did we say she's the assistant district attorney of oh, right. Freiburg. Freiburg. Oh, and the thing that's funny with her too is that She's so much taller than her, <laughs> her romantic partner, which is Rick Moranis in this. And so uh, she's so funny because Rick Moranis comes barging in at the very first scene they have together. And she just towers over him. But she obviously plays coy because, oh, there's this cute guy I've never met before. And, of course, she only dates men if they have a college degree. <laughs> That's right. Do you remember the joke that Vinny uses to test? What's the difference between a light bulb and a pregnant woman? 
you can unscrew a light bulb. See? No sense of humor whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's only been wrong once in her life, which Vinny thinks is... The shoes. They're tragic, right? <laughs> the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. Now, really, the story involves, as Anthony said, Vinny is in this small town that he's been placed into witness protection, and he's not ever trying to go straight. I mean that in the criminal sense. Mm-hmm. Everywhere he goes, he's doing something illegal. He wouldn't. He's not <laughs> trying to go cold turkey, maybe, perhaps. With it being a oh, Thanksgiving, perhaps. And so he comes into conflict with Hannah Stubbs because Hannah is the assistant district attorney, and obviously and she's not always much looking going to on. F- essentially pin some kind of trouble on him, right. even if there's nothing that he necessarily did wrong. But Vinny's always getting picked up at the most inconvenient <laughs> opportunities, and and he always. Much like our Muppet Treasure Island expert, always has a lot of tall tales to tell. So I knew a guy one time, and he had way too many fish. He he didn't know what to do with all the fish. So I said, I'll take your fish from your freezer. And here I have a fish. Now, why isn't that fish in the freezer? Because I had another guy who gave me a half a beef. <laughs> a side of beef. That's right. So I couldn't put... On account of... (laughs) (laughs) No, my favorite one is the one where there's the books. He's like, but these books were tracked from a shipment of books that were stolen off another truck. Vinny gets picked up with a bunch of stolen books, like Mm -hmm. 20 or 30 books. Why do you need so many copies? In case I want to read it more than once. (laughs) (laughs) I also like the one about yeah that that's another part where well let's focus now on the on the so we have those are really the big three characters and mm-hmm. Hannah also her growth isn't as big as you said too but she does have a little bit more of a a loosening of the tie yeah she if you she will. loosened yes. and again through the art and power of dance right <laughs> the, merengue. the merengue everybody learns. <laughs> Mrs. Stubbs, I've been advising this man to get involved with you, but you're making this incredibly difficult for me now. <laughs> so Vinny actually is like a, a Romeo. He's a, a matchmaker. He uh, pairs up yes. Hannah, and th- that's the scene where they go to see the uh, baseball team. Mm-hmm. But now with Hannah, she becomes... Oh, she's also divorced. Now who is the person mm-hmm. she's married to? A completely random cameo of Mr. Daniel Stern. From the great... Uh, Marv himself. <laughs> Marv from Home Alone 1 and 2. As, he gets booted out of the house. Yeah. I may not live here anymore, but it's still my house. <laughs> Ooh. I like, though, after their... Uh, Night of uh, coitus interruptus that he barges in the house and Rick Moranis jumps down the stairs and he like puts his arm around him. And he's like, you knock when you come into this house. Next Dr. Time. Wayne Solinsky kicks Marv's ass to the curb. <laughs> Throws Brilliant. him out. Brilliant. Now, the Thanksgiving part. So what this movie does that's interesting. This is a screenwriting trick is it takes place over, I guess, technically a year. A little bit more well, than more that than a year. more than a year. the whole last scene is one year after. And the way that they partially show the passage of time is through the seasons a little bit. Like, you know, toward the end we're in summer. But the opening is in Thanksgiving, where part of it is that Vinny is lonely. There's a, there's a scene of him uh, playing... Um, Go fish by himself. Go fish by himself. Right. Or, yeah, solitaire, something by himself. Rick Moranis is alone. And so, yeah, so it does establish early on this bonding between these two who are, who couldn't be more different mm-hmm. but Vinny can't help himself and let's think of uh, I want to talk also about the secondary characters of right. this because you have Rick Moranis Steve Martin and you have they have a great supporting cast Joan Cusack Anthony who'd you go to favorite supporting character in this movie oof uh, well uh, I have a little pet shop owner <laughs> okay good that I have in mind <laughs> Uh, Billy Sparrow is the name. Billy Sparrow. Oh, really, that's a good one. That's a really great one, yeah. He's a, uh, I guess, the not the Don, but he's pretty high up in the organization. <laughs> I guess from these this makeshift. This uh, cobbled together mob out in Arizona. Yeah, because Vinny fought. Well, the, there's a classic scene. Well, classic, I guess, to the three people who've seen this. <laughs> where Hannah Stubbs is very upset about her ex-husband and about, I'm drinking alone. And she's doing the dishes, and she accidentally puts a 
little turtle into a garbage disposal and kills it. Chops Did you ever up. tell them that you whacked the turtle? And so she goes the next. She's trying day. to pass the turtle off as another turtle, huh? Right. And they go the and she goes the next day to pick up uh, another a replacement, a replacement turtle. turtle, and that's where she and she meets Vinny in the parking lot, who's doing an illegal credit card deal with an undercover FBI agent played by Bill Irwin. There's a lot of characters in that scene. There's a yeah. lot. And he's boo, 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 boo. They're so cute at this age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to buy a turtle, and this man. Oh no. I know the part where they're standing outside and he goes, oh, they, they took my dog. My dog. <laughs> What's his name? Fungul. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they meet this other character. What's his name? Billy Sparrow. I can't, remember, right. I can't remember his name. Their his, fake names. Are... His, his real name. But it's played by the great Bill Hickey, who is a pet store owner in right. this. Secretly a former mobster in the FBI. In this small town, which I don't think they ever say where this town is set, but it's I don't like, think so. well, it's it has to be near the San Diego yeah, it's area. Near San, you're right, you're right. It's near That's San where Diego. his office is. Right, it is California, right? Because there's sometimes the Padres play the Mets. Although you're probably Yankee fans. My experience has been that most people in organized crime are. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill Hickey or William Hickey, of course, is a great, great character actor who I'm sure people know from Christmas probably two Day. two major Christmas movies, actually. True. Christmas Vacation will be the second one. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, you're uh, right. He's the doctor. Yeah, he's uh, the one who puts uh, the one who is Sally together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who actually creepy things are going on with. Other one Sally. I can think of. Very small, brief cameo is Mouse Hunt with Mr. Nathan Lane and Lee Evans. You're right. He, he has he, a fleeting cameo. And of course, William Hickey had that very gravelly. Kind of Harvey Firestein-ish voice. Yeah, he's sort of like an older... Well, he's dead now, but an older Harvey. You are Harvey. really not alone. Yeah, you're really not alone. And, we, and Vinny finds out that, in fact, it's not just the two of them in the Witness Protection Program, but it's a, a whole, whole mob yep. of guys at the thing. Now, <laughs> a second point where this whole movie would fall apart, because there is no way Witness Protection would be that stupid. And they would let these guys eat at a carabas. In fact, in fact... You're right. Witness protection people would probably not do that for the very reason <laughs> exactly. that happens in this movie, which is they start doing a, a mini crime speech. Hey, get the old my pain. <laughs> but last I week I say... drove 43 miles to a place I heard had good marinara sauce. How was it? Please. <laughs> <laughs> but we did skip over the title of this episode, which is. Sweet potato parmesan. Right. That's right. Now, why does that come up? Because Hannah Stubbs. Right. Hannah arrests Vinny. I think it's the first time. Oh, because he accidentally hotwires the wrong car. Yes. <laughs> this car belongs to the Reverend Malcolm Dickinson. You're He's kidding. The minister of the Presbyterian Church here, here in, in Freiburg. I hotwired a car of a guy who bumps some liquor. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? He's a minister. I got a friend. Two bucks, I can make you a minister. I got a guy. You <laughs> always got a guy. And so Vinny claims that he accidentally hotwired a car that was reported stolen so that he could go <laughs> to church to say a few novenas for Thanksgiving. Yeah, say a novena for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an American holiday. Well, it turns out Thanksgiving is very big in Sicily. <laughs> An account of all the Americans who came over and got kicked back out. <laughs> it, it's very big with the Italians. Chicken cacciatore, sweet potato parmesan. I've been to Italy. It's an American... Florence, right? Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever been, been to Sicily, Sicily by any chance? Oh, my but then we weirdly, in the following scenes, yeah. is when we get back to this gangster Thanksgiving meal. Which is actually yes. my favorite scene in the movie. I love food scenes. Right. Okay, Anthony, let's mm. see if we can do a little one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, okay. Okay? Right. Okay, so Vinny is invited by Billy Sparrow to, you know, he, and he says, you're really not alone, to a... What looks like a Carabas, but it's like some little... Some old hole-in-the-wall place that pretends to have a good Yeah, and like food. they have like... Old, it looked like old Swedish women who are the <laughs> who are the waitresses. Oh, it's a buffet. Yes. You know... It does look like the place that you could smell old people Yeah, in it the looks air, like... Old, yes. It's where old people who go for like... It's a, a country club. Yeah, like a country club. And so he shows up and finds out that all of his old buddies are there. Rocco Bamonti. 
I don't know. I don't remember his name. Rocco Bamonti. Peter Baker. Oh, Peter Baker. Richie, That's Peter Baker. Baucci. I was your pallbearer. Appreciate it, Vinny. <laughs> and of course, there's... Nicky the Fish. Nicky the, the Fish. And then there's that little... I, can't, I think what that actor's name is, but he's a little short guy with really big eyes. And he's like kind of bouncing up and down. And he, <laughs> he looks like a, a grease ball. <laughs> yeah, of course. Dino, Dino, you Dino, look Dino, great. Dino. And then they go and they have dinner or they have probably like a, like a, the early bird special yeah <laughs> and they're all sitting around the table three o'clock <laughs> i will say though this scene does have what i i guess i forget about it every time is where Vinny kind of realizes that life is getting a lot worse for him yeah yes when they bring up the good point that he's like you know you get your check every week and it's great from the government how long do you think you get your check forever he is to forever. <laughs> yeah, that, so he realizes, oh, wait, this is not going to work Yeah, out. it turns out that Vinny is not going to be paid by the government to live you. for the rest. <laughs> they expect you to go to work. <laughs> Those dirty rats. <laughs> I said dirty rat. Bastard. Well, what the hell? There's enough of us here to pull off a crime wave. And then they all look around like, and realize that. Hmm. Also, how stupid are these guys that they didn't think of it <laughs> they before? They all have their each in this world, their own FBI agent who is actually watching them. And all of them have been together for who knows how long. Not one of them thought, oh, oh. there's 30 of us. We <laughs> only need one more guy to drive the truck. Also has my favorite, my favorite line in this movie is in this scene. Not the Mapino one. Close. This, the, 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 the one gangster is very confused. Oh, <laughs> oh what the frig is this? It's a pop over. There's nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It is this whole fish out of water, turkey out of the oven. <laughs> of these gangsters in suburbia, essentially. And does that lead into the montage of them getting all the stuff for yeah, their where crimes break. where they're stealing swordfish and books it becomes a wholesome moment when later in the movie Vinny starts to realize he can make a difference in his community by raising money for the local baseball team right well a, a pivotal part of this of this ep, of this movie involves baseball right, That's right. because part of actually Pivotal to two of Vinny's schemes. Mm. His one scheme of just making money, his other scheme of getting Hannah and Barney, Barney Cooper Smith mm -hmm. together involves inviting them to a baseball game. So mm -hmm. Hannah, you know, she's not really estranged from her kids, but because her and her husband are divorced, they have to split the time. And so Vinny sort of takes that opportunity to uh, leverage his <laughs> uh, good favor a little bit. So he invites Hannah and her two sons to a Padres game. And wouldn't you know it, Barney also has a ticket. Barney yeah. Cooper Smith, what, what are you surprised? And the best or worst wingman move I had ever seen. You sit here next to her. <laughs> what are you doing here? You invited me. It's an expression. expression. Oh, <laughs> and that's where they start to Hannah and uh, Barney kind of hit yeah, it Yeah, and that's where also Vinny is kind of a father-like figure he in starts, teaching the yeah. boys how to essentially protect themselves from getting their wallet stolen pinched it's called the bumper what was it called they always use a bumper watch this watch ready bumping to your brother <laughs> hey look you at feel this. that <laughs> feel that nothing right look at that look at this brings out his wallet now, who else are we forgetting that's great in this movie oh, mr bill irwin bill irwin bill irwin uh the mother comes to mind mama i don't even know her name <laughs> that's julie bavasso julie bavasso okay let's talk about She's julie let's talk about well, julie bavasso was a major character actress and she was in Moonstruck. I told you oh, that yesterday. Oh, that's right. The mother. She's no, she no. That's, that's Olivia, Olivia Dukakis. She's the sister-in-law. The I guess. son who doesn't love. She's his the one whose husband. Oh, looks, the one who's in love with the moon. Yeah, her husband is uh. the one who sees the moon outside of his window. Oh crap! Yeah, I can't think of that actor's name. That actor. Megan. See, of I course, our researcher's not here. That yeah. actor also was one of the five family heads in The Godfather. Sure. Oh, I think what his name was. Yeah. But Julie Pavasso, this is another great scene. Because this is when it's Vinny's first trial that he has to testify in. Right. So that's he, not uh, Mustache Pete. And uh, that's not Tatalia. No, it was that's the other one. It's, it might be uh, Cunio. Cunio, yeah, Stracci. <laughs> Where Vinny and, and Barney are going back to New York for him to testify. And, and uh, this is before the merengue and the uh, 
Vinny Vinny Vincenzi scene. <laughs> I can't believe that they actually gave the slip to a federal law enforcement officer at an airport. Because they show up, and this is the pre-9-11 days where you could go down to the actual gate. And Vinny, right. and there's a whole crew waiting for Vinny. And crew of all... the most stereotypical Italians hey, ever. Oh, hey. <laughs> mama, mama, mama. Oh, God, what are they saying, family guy? Um... Hey, family guy, you're lucky I got a manicotte in the oven. Otherwise, I'd bash your face into a bolognese. That's two kinds of foods. That's how mad I am. <laughs> That's a great Tony Sirico. But they Holy show up. God. But they show up, and it's Vinny's entire family. Big air quotes. Yeah. Big hey, air Vinny, quotes. we're gonna do this nice and quiet. We're not gonna. We're not gonna draw any attention to each other. Yeah. He says this big banner by the gate. <laughs> You're gonna make me cry in front of my mother. Yeah, and then, and it's his. Under my couch, I can hug my own mother. It's his sisters and whoever, and then. The, the Mama, crowd. This is Barney Cooper Smith, the inventor of the rotary engine. Uh, uh Philomena, Philomena, <laughs> Meanwhile, Vinny is sneaking around yeah. the side <laughs> as Barney's trying to get translated. And then once every there's, I didn't notice until this, maybe the last time I watched it, maybe before, but one of the women, not the mom, makes like a face, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, wait, you fell for it face. And I love when. Yeah, the, the the mother goes. <laughs> I can't. I don't know how to it's explain like it. It's like Marque. Yeah, my, it's my mother always explained to me as Marque was like the fu. Yeah. Of the yeah, Italian. she essentially says fu too. And Rick Moranis' face of like, I fell for it. Like, I got it. <laughs> you got me. I committed a federal offense. And I think that's when. <laughs> that's when Vinny. Oh, yeah. Why weren't they all arrested on spot? <laughs> for being oh, aided and abetted. Yeah, you aided. Italians, put your hands in the guini behind you your shirt. You helped a federal criminal escape. Aided and abetted <laughs> at an international and airport. I think that's when Barney tracks Vinny down to, to his, uh, Taylor. his Taylor. These little Tom Bulls. melting away. And the uh, Taylor looks him over and goes, tragic. <laughs> and that's when I think Barney really has his flip. That's the starts of it, yeah. And then he sees in his socks. Twelve hundred dollars suit. I could have bought a new car. I could have bought a new TV. I'm gonna be paying it off for the rest of my life. And what does he say about? He makes an argument to Vinny that no, Vinny makes an argument to Barney saying something about you attract attention to me. This should appeal to you. This is about the law. Yeah. Look at me. Look at you. You attract. Sometimes you gotta change from the outside. In. <laughs> this should appeal to you. Yeah, Julia Bavasso is barely in it, but she's great as... She just make a lot of a little role. Little carry Mama. Up, yeah. And I do love the part at the end where there's a new baseball team and a new baseball studio set up. And it, the ending does what I love in a lot of those movies where they do a... a all the characters, whether they should return or not, logically... <laughs> yep. Everyone comes back. Well, even Shaldine says, who'd have thought that we would end up marrying two separate <laughs> husbands in witness protection? And That's it turns right. out that Shaldine is like a friend or a sister of, of Linda, of, of his first wife. Yes. <laughs> Linda Terry. She could melt all this stuff. And One I of my favorite scenes, yeah. I can't even say on this podcast, yeah. has to be in, in all of, well, this was very practical to actually discount meat. In the future. Right. And, and you know what? There's a, an element of that scene that could very easily be underdone by a story logic thing, but they cleverly fix it. Tell, tell the scene. Is this the supermarket scene? It is. Yeah. I'd probably put that as my favorite, too. Oh, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. So Vinny, of course, walks in very out of place in this, I would say, middle American supermarket staged in California. And they act like they've never seen hundred dollar bills before in, in well, California. Set up the set up the scene. What, what Hi, would scene? you like to try a vanilla oat brand crunchy? And then he goes, "F you," just straight out. What do you think? Well, what happens in the scene is Vinny is going to get groceries, and he finds one of those um, what do you, what do you price call tag, those price um, tag yeah, guns, the, I guess. Yeah, the old clicky guns that are now digital, so you can't do right that. where he clicks in, in like a sticker of a yep. discount and yeah, he does his sale, sales price all yeah, the he, meat is like 31 cents <laughs> right <laughs> and he gets all the meat and he goes to the checkout counter and the kid behind the register is so dumb he just keeps wow. adding them up adding them up it comes out to like, like $12.38 <laughs> <for> like 50 <laughs> pounds of meat yeah and, the, and he hands him a hundred dollar bill yeah and he goes wow 100 <laughs> <laughs> oh and then, and then that scene does also one with another big quote 
Oh, well, he meets his future wife. No, no, no. No, that's a different that's a, scene. A different scene? scene? When they're le- At the end of the scene, the manager comes up and he's like, oh, excuse yes. me. And then Vinny thinks he might be caught, and he comes up and he was like, would you like to take this survey to give us any suggestions of what you might like to find in this store? And he just very dryly goes, arugula. What's that? It is a vegetable. <laughs> I haven't seen it's it in vegetable. six weeks. <laughs> I haven't had a good arugula in six weeks. Yeah, I mean, the the mileage that they get out of this whole fish, which I'm my first thought with this movie always is buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It also is obviously yeah. majorly. The other character we talked, we, we mentioned was Mr. Bill Irwin. Right. And he, yes. he once again makes a lot out of the little part because he's not in the movie a ton. And this is Mr. Uh, Lou Who from <laughs> uh, you fans of Jim Carrey Grinch. He's a another FBI agent who the most exciting thing that ever happened in his life was he got to drive in a BMW. Highlight of my career. That's right. He wants to go undercover to catch the witness that Barney is charged with protecting. Yeah, it turns out. Yeah, And the best part with Bill Irwin's character is the... Uh, Second merengue scene? Is, is, yeah, when when uh, Barney and Hannah are dancing through this, uh, whatever, it's an FBI party. Right. <laughs> it's the and FBI then, ice cream social. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out, and now Bill Irwin, he he, he gets the madness. <laughs> He's got cabin <laughs> fever. I've got it. <laughs> and now he starts to dance. Now, also, it does get a chance for Bill Irwin to sort of show his clowning days because right. he did actually, I think, go to some sort of acrobatic schooling and have background. And in fact, and he moves a lot. On an episode of The Cosby Show, Bill Irwin guest stars as a, they go to a vaudeville theater or something like it. Like oh, it's supposed okay. to be like an old fashioned vaudeville. And Bill Irwin does his, his clowning around. And he's really, I mean, he's a good clown, a physical he's, he's clown. He's quite good at it. But there is a funny part where he's he's sort of waving his hands around and he's sort of prancing and he lands incorrectly and he just, <laughs> he sort of falls and he, he has to sit at a table and watch the rest of the dance go on. And at the end of the movie, he's in the stands and he's again doing the merengue. <laughs> and like this woman is yeah. next to him, like this old lady, kind of looked like grandma a little bit. And it's trying obvi- to put the moves on Bill Irwin. And it's obviously 80 yard. And it's like, wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. And Bill Irwin also has a good part. They go undercover in the last act of the movie, Bill Irwin and Rick Moranis. Do you remember their names? All I know is that Rick Moranis' codename Dickie is... and... Dickie and Harry? Yeah, something. And, and call me Dickie one more time, and I'll kill you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Rick, Rick Moranis... They're playing Space Invaders or something. Yeah, they're they're in a, some crappy motel. Because <laughs> he's sitting there playing the video game. And he's like, hey, I got a wife and family I'm missing right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then one of the, my favorite things that Rick Moranis does, and he gets to do this a lot in this movie, is he's, he, he's Rick Moranis. He looks like Rick Moranis, but he's in a position of both authority and having to be tough. And so like he does that in Spaceballs. Like, not really in Honey, I Trump the Kids, but in this one. In particular, yeah. In particular, when he gets to act tough and say, I'm going to kill you. Right. <laughs> no. Or, like, when the few times at the very beginning of the movie when he has to barge in and sort of vouch for Vinny yeah. as yeah. Hannah is trying to grill him. You can't and touch he, him. Like, storms in, he knocks the door over, and, and she's all like, oh. And she, you know, puts her hand in the back of her neck because the hairs are sticking up. And um, it is funny because he's this diminutive creature. And (laughs) while did you have a warrant? Didn't have even have probable cause. Thomas Jefferson put that in the in the the, the Constitution. He put that in for me. I am Thomas Jefferson's worst case scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Barney. I guess Barney's goal in the movie is. I don't know that he he knowingly wants to be more exciting, but probably deep down he does because he does lose his wife to a much younger man, who is <laughs> who's been sent down to the to the miners. I'm gonna miss you. Margaret will miss you too. You know, as much as a therapist can miss her patients. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually have a point I'd like to sort of yeah address though is that. We're talking about this movie because it's important to the three of us, yeah. but this is a relatively unknown movie, and I think on both careers of Steve uh, Martin and uh, Rick Moranis, it's kind of 
not one that jumps out. So really, what is it for you in this particular movie that stands out as like why it goes to the top for you? See, this is another example we've talked about of Sunday afternoon movies. Okay. I remember this shown on TV a lot on cable in like the afternoons. And I remember watching this with my mom and dad. They were fans of it. Mm -hmm. So I remember watching it a lot. I just remember always watching it when it was on. So it's, again, maybe nostalgia, but I think even if you remove the nostalgia, it's worthwhile. What about you? When did you first see it? You know what it is for me? It was right after I went through a whole binge of, like, Godfathers and Goodfellas and all that, casinos, and I realized it had all the good mobby stuff, like the violence that I liked, but it also was hilarious. That, you know, Godfather, you don't sit back and laugh to. Or most well, of I, I don't know. <laughs> most of it, though. <laughs> I, I think that, that. Remember they put that horse into that guy's bed? That's hilarious. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I, well, that's another good point. Like the other thing, the reason I think this is a worthwhile movie is because it, it has so much other stuff. It is a gangster movie, technically. Yes. Right. Buddy, fish out of water, romance. What else do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that with sometimes s- I surprise even myself. I know Anthony had that on his Facebook quotes for a long time. I did, yes, I did. And my ringtone for the longest time on my original flip phone was the Merengue song. Well, I, It's so odd because, you know, the other thing that we didn't address is that the director of this movie is Mr. Herbert Ross, yeah. who, one of your favorite films of all time, Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. Mm. The uh, funny story about Taylor before I get back to what I was yes. addressing. <laughs> Taylor... And I were waiting online for a roller coaster in California. I believe it was the Incredicoaster. And the line was about 20 minutes long. Taylor, about five minutes in, put his earphones in and just started watching Steel Magnolias <laughs> <laughs> on the line. You know what I, also I'm noticing about, and this is interesting, about Herbert Ross? He began his career as a choreographer oh, on Broadway huh. and in film. So I wonder if the dancing... Was just added. Was just added, or that was part of it. He also directed The Sunshine Boys. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of like really notable movies. Oh, and- he directed The Goodbye Girl with Richard Dreyfus. Some really crappy Neil Simon adaptations. But he also, what did I see that he directed with Steve Martin? Oh, Pennies from Heaven. Oh. Did you ever see Pennies from Heaven? No. That's where he, they mouth the music. Mm-hmm. It's like old 1920s standard music. Steve Martin mouths the words to it, so it looks oh. like it's it's an interesting movie. Yeah, and of course, odd. he directed Herbert Ross also directed one of the great dance movies of all time, Footloose, starring oh god, oh, wow. starring Mr. Kevin Bacon himself. Yeah, so yeah, Herbert, Herbert Ross was a really legitimate dance person, but, but also, also film director. And that's not to say that this is not a masterpiece. I mean, it's certainly yeah, no. an important movie for the three of us. Yeah, I don't know that this is going on. A- I don't think AFI is going to do a... Uh... <laughs> and I think, too, that there's something about it where maybe it's just the fact that this type of material is so humorous to us. Yeah. It might not exactly please all types of audiences, mm-hmm. but there's definitely enough for most audiences to enjoy something about it. I mean, also, if you're a Nora Ephron completionist, Nora Ephron, of course, directed When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, Mm. Silkwood, and, like, Nora Ephron's a very talented writer. So it it has a lot of these talented people in it, but for whatever reason, no one really knows this. And it's basically as close to a sequel to Goodfellas as you could possibly possibly ask for. I think for us being of Italian descent, we actually know what Chicken Cacciatore is. So that might just be a funny joke for somebody else, but it's a reference point. For well, us. That's, I also, I wonder if anyone was actually offended by this movie. I read that um, Henry Hill was P.O.'d. But wasn't he was that, drunk. But wasn't that <laughs> more to the fact that they were so closely following oh, the fact that yeah. he was in witness protection? H- Henry Hill was P.O.'d because he didn't get a check. Right. Yeah. But I'm sure there are other people yeah. who, who... Well, what was the interesting bit of trivia? Do you know who was originally... This is interesting, you're right. ...supposed to play? If I remember correctly, the backstory was... The old Mabine. ...that wasn't it going to be like Steve Martin as Barney Coopersmith yeah. and Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. as... Arnold Schwarzenegger Danny? was going to be Vincent Antonelli. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> Because that was also... Wouldn't that be predating Kindergarten Cop? However, Schwarzenegger decided instead to do Kindergarten Cop, which was the first film he did as, was a comedy. My Blue Heaven almost was the first comedy film 
Schwarzenegger did, which wow. of course then put Schwarzenegger. Oh, this is a one that I know Anthony will like. You know how titles are obviously translated to other countries, mm-hmm. and sometimes the translation doesn't <laughs> fully make sense. Right. Uh-huh. In Sweden, oh, yes. the movie was named "How I Taught an FBI Agent to Dance the Marengo." <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, Marengo, the Marengo. Oh my god, and lemon Marengo. And in the Netherlands, it was retitled "The Foolish Captive." <laughs> Which sounds like a lost island story, <laughs> like you get trapped out of that an island. That sounds like my summer read. Yeah. Welcome to the foolish captive. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah, I don't think that this is the type of movie that Schwarzenegger would have done well with comedy. I can't see Schwarzenegger doing an Italian accent no. or any accent. Has Schwarzenegger ever done an accent other than his own? I, I mean, mean his, I think he's always just played Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, kind of thick. <laughs> I can't remember in Junior. What what he sounded like. The news reporter refers to the trial as the provolone trial, which oh, you're provolone right. is That's an right. Italian cheese, it which is. they make. Oh, I hadn't thought about this bit of trivia. Carol Kane, Joan Cusack are in what other movie together? Adam's That's Family also, Values. Absolutely. Because Carol Kane is Grandmama, Grandmama, and Joan Cusack is Debbie the Black Widow. Rick Moranis, by the way, is also three inches shorter than Joan Cusack without heels. And and that's also really part of the fun with those two. They are awkward together. Yeah, so it's Bill great. Irwin, Carol Kane, we didn't even we we got we got to get into Carol Kane cuz that the scene where Carol Kane is first introduced is also a terrific scene. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I love that supermarket scene as much as the first supermarket There's scene. There's a lot of supermarket mm. scenes in this movie. Yes. So while Vinny is still technically married to Linda slash Terry also, Linda carries around a photo of Frankie Valley with her. Just so you, Frankie. Just so you know that she's Italian. Vinny's at the grocery store one day, and as he's in the frozen food section, he sees a, a, <laughs> a, a, a an attractive woman, and he goes up to her. And Anthony, do you remember what his pickup line is to <laughs> Shaldine? He comes up to her, and in a fit of lustful heat says. You know, you shouldn't be in the frozen food section. Why is that? And he closes the door and says, Because you call melp all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I'm Shaldine. Shaldine. I love that name. (laughs) And then Vinny runs off with her. It gets it married. It extra special. (laughs) (laughs) And then he calls up Barney a few hours later. Barney, I got married. But don't worry, I didn't marry her under my real name. <laughs> Hi, Barney. Yeah, Cal Kane is one of those where even if she's in a small part. It's always a delight yeah, to see her. It's always right. wonderful to see Carol Kane show up. And, and she also is eventually complacent. She's, yes. num- she's wife number two, if I remember correctly. Because yes, there's correct. Terry and then. Take my the, gun. Four if you count Linda. And I'm trying to think if there's anyone else in the movie who. Every this is another example of where everyone has even if it's a little bit of business. True, it's some bit of business. You have to make mention. Yeah. Of the one of the greatest comedy monologues out there, at Go the on. end when Vinny tells his Christmas story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because even though yeah, it's we can't we can't talk about this movie without that yeah, monologue. That's right. Yeah. So without getting anything away, the mob throughout the film is pursuing Vinny in order to silence him from. Testifying. Testifying events against um, Gotso. Gotso. That's not all I get. Would you like to enlighten us? I get to never see my family again. There's that, he gives a whole <laughs> dramatic, dramatic monologue, monologue yes. which is then essentially, that's kind of a setup for the ending monologue. Oh, I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, because that's yeah. showing us Vinny's softer side. I think what they're trying to do is call back to that but instead it has a very different twist <laughs> to he the- has a Django Fett gun slinging moment when he shoots the two would be assailants guns out of their hands Vinny I, I thought, thought you-, you never held the gun I lied <laughs> as he hands his loaded 45 and then Vinny tells a story about my favorite uncle Uncle Alfresco he was gonna give me a bike he swore I would get that bike he runs downstairs Christmas morning, and what do I see in the corner? Uncle Alfresco shot with a twenty-two behind the head. <laughs> Dead. And it worse? Was, 
No bike. No bike. <laughs> it was a disappointing Christmas on many levels. <laughs> we can't really even set up that whole scene properly, but you just know you're in for a great monologue at the end. I also, in, in, in the scene where he's on trial, where they're talking about Vernie ever witnessed a murder, the other thing I like is, whatever his name is, Nikki, he always used 22s. What what is it? Is it a twenty forty five will blow a barn door out the back of your head? There's a lot of dry cleaning involved. Nicky was twenty twos that rattle around like Pac Man and they take it die. So I mean, again, this is a Thanksgiving special, and we are talking about multiple references to murder. But Homicide. we did talk about popovers. True, and yes. we talked about sweet potato parmesan and too many capers. <laughs> Puts in way too many capers. <laughs> Yeah, when he's also on trial, he's talking about, I guess, a murderer's mother's eggplant recipe. Right. Which <laughs> <laughs> is very Thanksgiving. She put in capers, which personally I think is a mistake. We've referenced all the food, but like I like we've said from the beginning, this isn't a Thanksgiving movie in the sense that it's really about Thanksgiving. But no. if Thanksgiving is about enjoying one's kith and kin, right. this is a movie that we enjoy with kith and kin. Now, kith. Yes, correct. <laughs> oh, I like it. Okay. I also have to say that because this is one of the more unknown Rick Moranis and Steve Martin movies, it's not inordinately hard to find. No, it's but it definitely really needs more attention. Because Although my my I don't know about yours, my DVD has that awful snap case. snap, and it's that really thin. Mm. I don't know what you even would call that style. It's a it's like pay, it's essentially cardboard. Yeah, it's like a cardboard. It well, over. it's like and a Manila. Manila folder. On actually, top of that, too, there's really no special features at all. No. So you pretty much and you have to make sure you like I put it in the other day, but I didn't go to it immediately, and it starts to play before you even hit it. So yeah. I turn it on the TV for the DVD, and it's like 50 minutes in already. So you got to go back to the beginning. It's yep. they have not given this movie even the DVD. Manufacturers don't like it. Don't like don't this like movie. Yes. But you really have to see it because, again, not a masterpiece. No, but it's not it's exactly Citizen could, Kane. But it's one that should get more love and attention. You could say it's almost obscure. <laughs> can't, we can't hang up on him. You said <laughs> we can't. No, you're. And are me. we obsessed? Over it? This movie, yeah, I mean, you have everyone you could possibly want. You have Steve Martin. You have Rick Moranis. You have Julie Bavasso. <laughs> you Mama. Have... Mama. Hey, the Freiburg Turtles, huh? They're going to win, umpire. <laughs> yeah, and like I was saying before, the, the ending is one of those that has everyone come back, and there's so many characters. Everyone gets a bit of business, and that's a movie. That's the kind of thing I, I, I do love. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a sweet potato parmesan. Unbuckle those pants. And relax. <laughs> so real quick, let's go through it. Favorite character in this movie. Favorite character. Are we excluding any that like you they... let's let's say let's say secondary. Let's not include the big three. Okay. Okay. If I'm choosing a secondary character, I'd probably have to go with either William Hickey or Bill Irwin. Okay. Any of the Bills. Anything? Uh, William Hickey or uh, Miss Bavasso, actually. Okay. I'm going with the popover guy. What the frick is this? But any also anytime someone says that in the movie, because Terry says that pretty early. Right. What the frick is the address? What the frick is the address here? The other thing with the weird scene before I forget is there's a horse in the background. Remember where? Oh my god, you're right. Like they're in, in the window. In the window, and it's clearly like a screen or something. I think it, it doesn't. It looks like a projection screen. It doesn't look. Like a real horse. Like a real horse. <laughs> like it's a real horse, but it doesn't look like that horse is actually out there. So it's oh, the only right. Rick Moranis, Steve Martin movie that has a projected horse. Yeah, it has a projected horse That's in the back. That's very interesting. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very you have to watch it just for the projected horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for letting us obsess over perhaps one of our favorite Thanksgiving movies of all time. And again, in the loosest, loosest <laughs> sense, sense of the word. Anthony, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank Thanks you for, for having me this Thanksgiving, gentlemen. Are you, what are you going to be eating today for uh, Thanksgiving? I would what's say... Your, what's, okay, what's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving side? Lasagna. Well, side. Lasagna. What's your favorite Thanksgiving side, Jeb? I would say candied yams that were left in the microwave. 
technically those are sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. The, the, the names are used interchangeably, but technically yams are different from sweet potatoes. What about uh, you, Nick? What's your favorite side well, dish? Well, we make a stuffing that start five days before the actual meal, yeah. and mm. it's quite delicious. Yes. I like those um, onions. The uh, caramelized the caramelized onions. Caramelized onions. Oh, those yeah. are my favorite. And uh, I'm so glad. If you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, it means I'm probably... Stuffed to the gills. And I'm probably ready for Christmas. <laughs> and hopefully you will be ready for Christmas. On our final installment of the Holiday Special Trilogy. How do you like that transition, everybody? Seamless! We're professionals. <laughs> We're not in a basement, and Nick's not recording on a TV dinner tray. <laughs> Zip it up for you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning back into Obscure Obsessions. Be sure to look out for the final part of our holiday special trilogy. As always, I am your host, Nick Zaccario, joined by my cousin and co-host, Taylor Zaccario, and we have, of course, with us our Muppet Treasure Island expert, Epcot historian, and My Blue Heaven aficionado, Anthony Graziani. We'll see you next time. Be well. Happy Thanksgiving. And gobble gobble. Obscure Obsessions is directed, written, and edited by Taylor and Nick Sicario, and is a co-production with Tan Productions. Special thanks to Anchor for podcast distribution and to Twin Musicom, Stockwaves, and Walpurnian Music for providing the score. Follow Obscure Obsessions on Facebook and Instagram, username at ObscurePodcast in all lowercase, and on Twitter, username at ObscurePod, uppercase O and uppercase P, for episode details, previews, and more.